I'm always for a word of prayer. God, we come before you in Jesus' name, just asking God that you would be with us in this time. We're having your word, God. Lord, I pray that you will speak through me, and there will be nothing that I will be glorified, but it will be you that will be glorified in the end, God. Amen. Pray, Lord, that you would um, teach us something in this, in this time, God, and I pray that you would allow your Holy Spirit to help us to be alert and to learn something for our um, everyday living. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to first of all to say uh, good morning and uh, hello to everyone. Um, pray that everybody had a prosperous and a blessed week this week. Um, today we want to simply just talk about, um, we're going to talk about God's rest this morning. Uh, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4, 1 through 11. And while you're going there, um, the book of Hebrews is mainly... A book about endurance. It's one, that's one of the main themes of the, of the book of Hebrews. Um, so, the book of Hebrews is really a, a book about about endurance, and it's about remaining and running with God in, until you get to the place where He has called you to be. Um, Hebrews is a is a really great book if you want to look at um, a lot of Old Testament reflections, or even looking at the superiority of Christ. Um, and we see that throughout the entire book of Hebrews. That's one of the main points of the entire book. Okay. Um, particularly, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. We're going to be talking about entering God's rest this morning. Entering God's rest. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains, let us be worried that none of you have been found to, fall short, have, to have fallen short. For we also have received the good news just as they did. But the message they they heard did not benefit them, since they were not since they were not united with those who heard it in faith. For we have believed who have believed have entered entered the rest, and keeping what he has said, so I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest, even though his works have been finished for, since the foundation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in this way, and on the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again, in that passage, he says, they will never enter my rest. My Lord. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, those who formerly received the good news did not enter it because, did not enter because of disobedience. Mm -hmm. He again specifies a day, today. He specifies this speaking through David after such a long time. Today, if you hear his voice, mm -hmm. do not harden your heart. Therefore, if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about it another would not have spoken about another day. Therefore, a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us make every effort My Lord. to enter that rest so that no, so that no one will fall into the <coughs> same pattern of disobedience. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Amen. So, his rest, his rest. As if you look in that passage, the, the word rest is is repeated over eight times. Mm -hmm. So rest is important. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we talk about the Sabbath day and how that day is a is a good day to rest. And yes, it's a good day to rest. But also the most important day that you can ever rest is when you rest in Jesus Christ. Amen. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home, but that didn't justify me. I ended up coming to Christ at a later time in life. But at the same time, I, I, I realized that 
You have to rest in God. It's not about a particular a particular day, but you rest in God and that you understand that who God is. Mm-hmm. And in this time that we're living in, in this pandemic and this coronavirus, we all need to learn how to rest in God because a lot of us are afraid. A lot of us are, are fidgeting. We're wondering what's going to happen. Is my job going to be there next week? Is my paycheck going to be there next week? And all those things, we like we ought to be also remembering that we need to rest in God because every time we like we we worry about all these external things but we don't remember that our soul need to be secured in God and that we need to give our lives to Jesus and make sure that we have our not only our checks and our checkbook secured and everything like that but we need to make sure that we are secured in Christ and my introduction is that simply many Christians myself included have neglected the rest in God and many people have been sitting in churches, listening to sound doctrine and sound teaching. Because you can listen to a lot of good Bible teaching, a lot of great ministries and different things like that, but you cannot know Christ. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between, and this is something I've been learning for the past few years of my life, that there's a difference, there's a difference between being religious and being saved. Amen. You, can be, you can be very, very religious because Muslims are very religious. There are church people who are very religious. There are um, different groups of different religions who are very religious, but very few people are actually saved. You have to look at this, and you, like we we have to look at this from a sense that we have to be saved and not be religious, but to be but to be saved and trust Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, in this lesson, I want us to learn that we need to learn how to rest in God. That's number one, and to realize that there is no amount of work that can save us. Only faith in Jesus Christ can save us. And I'm glad Amen. that we went to that passage in Ephesians 2 because it is by grace that we have been saved. Right, so we so we we have no merit of our own to give to Christ. We offer nothing to Christ, but He gives His He imputes His righteousness to us, and we don't give anything else to Him but our lives. Yes. That's the only thing he, like He requires for us is to surrender our lives to Him. And what we see in verses 1 through 4, and I hope that you called it, we saw the offer of God's rest. And we see that in verses 1 through 4. And the God's rest is presented to all of us through the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gives us true rest. God simply wants us to rest in him. And in our passage, we see the same, the very same thing happened to, to, in the book of Hebrews. We see that God is calling his people um, to look away from Judaism because they, they, they were being persecuted, y'all. Just like we are, Amen. they were being sent, they were being made fun of for being Christians. It's like many of us are. That's true. So they were being made fun of for being a Christian, and they were saying, "You need to go back to to, to Judaism. You need to come back and do all these feast days, do all this different stuff to keep to, to, to keep your salvation." But they were realizing, and the, and the Book of Hebrews is trying to re- relate to them that salvation is through Christ, Amen. and that the only way that you can be able to enter the Enter the gates of heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ, nothing else. Well, right. So, what we see is that Jesus gives them, like that, through the book of Hebrews, that he's offering them the rest that, that only comes through Christ. Hmm. So, we see that more explicitly in Matthew 11, verse, verses 28 through 30. We can, we can turn there as well, because I wanted to go there. Uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This central theme of rest is throughout the entire Bible. This is one of the many passages that is talked about. Um, I guess we'll turn. 
So that's just very simply. Um, Matthew, chapter Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Okay. And it says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See how Jesus is saying that he will give us rest? He doesn't, he doesn't talk about our bank accounts. He doesn't talk about our 401k plans. He doesn't talk about the retirement plan. But he talks about he will give us rest. And he says, take my yoke. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. Other translations like the King James say I'm meek and lowly of heart. But it all says the same thing. Um, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, you find rest for your soul in the fact that now when Jesus says you'll find rest for your soul, you find your rest for your soul in him. Mm-hmm. It's not about the, all this external stuff. You and God wear fringes. You and God will do all this external righteousness stuff. It's about it's about you resting in Jesus. Yes. So, and he says, take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm-hmm. Now, when he talks about that, he's saying that, like, Jesus Jesus is giving us the most simple invitation. He's giving us the most simple invitation. He's saying, rest in me, trust in me, and I will take care of you. That's basically what he's really saying. And, and, our, and that brings me to my second point, which is the, the rejection of God's rest. We'll see that in verses 5 through 8 of our key text today. Let's go back. And we see in verses five through eight that um that he's saying that they will never enter my rest. And we see that God is saying through like these different psalms and the he's and like what the the writer of Hebrews, he obviously has some old testament knowledge. So we see that he's quoting one of the psalm passages. And he's saying that they will never enter my rest. And in numerous passages throughout the Old Testament, we see a, a, a group of people. You, you might know them. They're called the Israelites. Mm-hmm. So we see that, is, that, that, that Israel, the Israelites, they rebelled against God. They were, um, as the book of Isaiah says, they were stiff-necked people. Mm-hmm. They were very rebellious people, as as Hosea said. They were rebellious. And, they, and the thing about Hosea was... They were so rebellious that they caused that Hosea had to go marry a prostitute, as a matter of fact, to be able to show them how far they had went, they had run from the path of going where God wanted them to go, and He wanted to show them that that you that you have to have faith in Me. That's really what they were saying. They were, he was saying through that relationship between Hosea and that prostitute was yeah, really that you right. need to come back to that's Me. Right. Yeah. So we see that in a more plainly in Isaiah one and four. We can go there as well. Isaiah 1 and 4 so that we see that the rebellion of Israel was always a, a main theme of the, of the Old Testament Isaiah 1 and 4 this is not the main passage but it's one of the passages that I was led to go to in my study mm-hmm. um, it says it in this way O sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel, and they have turned their backs on him. Now, the reason why I brought this passage is that we can see that the rebellion of Israel was very, like, they were rebellious. They were stiff-necked. They were a very rebellious people. Sounds a lot like us, too. But a lot of times that we, like, we as a people, as far as Americans, no matter what nationality, we are, we all have in some way been rebellious towards God. 
That's so, right. but just like, but just like how God wants to redeem Israel, He wants to redeem us. Yeah. So He so He has a plan for all people. Titus two eleven tells us that you can read that in your leisure time, um, where it says that you know the grace of God has appeared to bring salvation to all, not just some not some men but all men. All men. Yeah. So what we see is that Christ. Has, I mean, Christ has always been the plan of salvation. He's always been calling people right. to the rest of him. Even the Israelites were called to being in God's rest. So we see um, that although Israel has been unfaithful to God, he'll be merciful in saving them. We see this more explicitly in Zechariah 12 and 10. This is a messianic prophecy right here as well. So whenever you look, whenever you look in the Old Testament, this is something that I've learned. Um, just from what just from listening to other ministers, is that you look a lot of times in the Old Testament. There are a lot of messianic lenses that you need to look through the passage through. So you need to always look for a messianic prophecy. There are some. There's something about Jesus in every every Old Testament passage. So, because Jesus said that it, you start the scriptures randomly, you think you have eternal life. But they all speak of me. So Jesus said that there was, so Jesus was reminding us there's value in the Old Testament because it's, it's talking about me. It speaks about me in every past, in every, every book of the Bible is going to be speaking about Jesus. He's the point. So what we see in Zechariah 12 and 10 is a very messianic prophecy. And he said, and this is um, primarily about the nation of Israel. But I'm going um, to be talking about how, the, how Israel will be saved by faith. In God, so what that so what happens is that in Zechariah twelve and ten is saying that then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David, and the residents of Jerusalem, and they will look to me whom they have pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly for one as one who weeps for a firstborn. So when we see that passage is talking about how they will look at Jesus and they will say, wait a minute, we killed him. Like, we, like, he, because like, when we look at Isaiah 53, that's one of the other own things that will be saying that, like, wait a minute, the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him? And by stripes, we're healed? So, Israel will be saved. So, like, we, like, we, the God's not forgotten about them. God's not forsaken them. We see that in Romans chapter 11. You can read that in your leisure. Um, so Romans chapter 11 talks about that a lot and it talks about how God is not forsaking his people, but also just like how in our, in our, in our own lives, when we were rebelling upon God, it's like with me, when I thought, when I was wondering if God was really real or not, or when things were happening in my life, I said, how, how does Bible apply to my life? And God answered most of my questions when I, when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. A lot of these things that we Sometimes when we were when we were rebelling, we were wrong in our lives. God wants to um help us and that's wants right. us to see Him differently. Yeah. So, like He like like and the thing about it is God is true to His word. So if you ask Him to reveal Himself to you, He'll do it. He'll do it. So, so just so just like so just like um in our times in our lives when we were rejecting God, God had mercy on us and saved us. Mm -hmm. God wants us to that very same mercy and that very same grace to Israel because Israel was called upon the skin color. They were called up about, okay, we're Israel, so we're special because we're so special. Because because they're Israel, they were so special, and they were saying, well, you know, my like because of, because I'm an Israelite, I have a relationship with God. And when that doesn't necessarily make doesn't just because you're an Israelite does not mean you have a relationship with God. So, right. so yes, they were a special people, but at the same time, 
Mm-hmm. They were not understanding that God wanted them to save them through faith and not through their ethnic, their ethnic background. Yeah, so God wants, the saint, the, the, wants them to see and to understand him and to have faith. And so basically, because God is going to redeem them, he's, he's going to save them. So, mm-hmm. um, and then thirdly and finally, we're going to be look, talk, looking at verses 9 through 11. We're going to talk about living in God's rest, living in God's rest. To live in God's rest is to trust in Jesus for salvation. That's the most simple point of this passage is that he's all the, all the, all the times in this passage where he talks about his rest, his rest, his rest. The, all the, 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 who was the his that, 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 that this person, that this passage is referring to? It's referring to God and his rest and, and, and that this is, like, this is a real rest. This, like, this is not a rest that you just, um, you just conjure yourself into. Like this is something that you like you like you, that you choose to rest in Jesus Christ. Now, yes, God is sovereign. God is good. God is holy. He knows, but who's gonna who's gonna be saved? Who's not gonna be saved? But also, we have a, we have a, we have a decision to make in that process. Mm-hmm. That God calls us to all of us to repent. He calls all of us to make a choice and to, to receive Him as our Lord and our Savior. Because really, that's the like. Because see, that's. The, that's the whole point, is that we like the God's given us all free will, and He's given us a choice to trust in Him. Yes. So in that in that free will, He gives us a choice, and He gives us a um either you're going to love, either you're going to love me and serve me as your God, or you're going to hate me mm-hmm. and end up going to eternity apart from me. And God doesn't want that for anybody, because in Ezekiel He talks about, do I desire that the wicked should perish? No. Like like so. He doesn't desire that the wicked should perish. He actually wants them to come to repentance. So when we talk about, well, God sends people to hell, yes, he sends them there, but he doesn't send them there without a just cause. Mm-hmm. He sends them there because they made that choice. Mm-hmm. So living in God's risk obviously means that we must trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. And um, this explains it more, especially in Romans 10 and 9, where it talks about, you know, this is one of the most evangelistically used passages mm-hmm. that I've heard I've heard this passage a lot of times using evangelism. Mm-hmm. We all ought to know it. <laughs> Amen. Um if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Okay, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a guarantee. It is. That's a guarantee. Yeah. So if you if you trust in Jesus Christ today, any of you who have not trusted in Jesus Christ, I want to, even though I know I'm standing in front of Christians, I want to still offer the, the salvation to you because not only just do sinners need to hear the gospel, but Christians need to hear it as well. That's right. So it's not just for unbelievers, it's for believers. So we need to be reminded that if you have, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. So. This is a simple, this is a very simple salvation. Very simple. You trust in Jesus. But just because we trust in Jesus does not eliminate hard times. Because John 17 tells us um, that in this world we will have trials. and that. But for the Christian, he says to be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. So, so when we as Christians... We like we must not have this cookie cutter version of the gospel that just tells people, but well, if you accept Jesus Christ, then all your problems will go away. Mm-hmm. 
is your problems will not go away when you trust Jesus Christ. Sometimes right. your problems even get worse when you trust Jesus Christ. Right. So we want to make sure that when, when you're accepting Jesus Christ, that not only are you, like, you're signing up for a war. You're signing up to become a soldier in the army of God. So this is something that not only are you are you stepping into um, the the army of God, but you're you're signing up for persecution sometimes too. That that you're that you're going to suffer persecution if you if you uh, I think it's first or second Timothy that says that if that all of those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Suffer. That's right. So that's a guarantee for any Christian. So any Christian is going to go through a hard time. That's like that 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 is a guarantee for any Christian. Amen. For for a Christian. I want to give you a very practical way of living in God's rest. Um, it's to prayerfully ask God, what areas in my life am I lacking rest? Just ask God, okay, God, what areas in my life am I lacking rest? Where am I not trusting you? And if you have not rested in Jesus today, I want to invite you to do that. So, if you like, as a Christian, I want you to look into the areas of your life. And say, okay, God, where am I not resting? Where am I not trusting in you? Mm-hmm. Is it my finances? Is it where um, have I have I not done done something that have I have I have I trusted you and not have I not trusted you in any area? Help me to do that. So this is one of my prayers. I ask the Lord to help me to trust Him in every area of my life. That's one of the um, points of any ministry is to get you to trust to get you to um, trust God in every area of your life. Mm-hmm. So. What we want, what we want people to see, and want you to see, is that you can trust God in every area of your life, and not just, um, just in the area of your salvation, but you can trust Him in any area of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to encourage us in closing to trust in Jesus, to rest in Jesus, yeah. and to trust Him in every area of our lives, and to be not dismayed, whatever betides you. God will take care of you. I'm doing it. Amen. Amen.